Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. So today I'm here with Eric Clark, who is the chief for Cascade Volunteer Fire and Rescue. Eric, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. To start, if you just want to tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got involved in fire and rescue, how your involvement in, in Pennsylvania County specifically, and then how you how you became the chief of Cascade. My name's Eric Clark. I'm a critical care paramedic. I got into fire and EMS back in the 90s. I was in the uh, United States Navy as a hospital corpsman, combat medic. So that kind of led me to this this field. Started mm-hmm. volunteering around 95. Uh, I worked my way up from an EMT basic up to critical care paramedics. And got in Pennsylvania County in 2005, I believe it was, with, with Cascade. Had held some various leadership roles in the mm-hmm. department. So tell me a little bit about sort of the history of the department, kind of how it started. Yeah, they separated. It was a, it was the Roswell Cascade uh, Volunteer Fire Department. They mm-hmm. split up. Split up. I think that was in two thousand. Now uh, they separated, became their own entity, their own agency. Did first responder EMS at the basic life support level, so EMT level. Mm-hmm. They did that up until uh, soon after I got there. We went um, advanced life support first mm-hmm. responder agency. So we still drove the pickup trucks and cars and things like that. We did not do transport, but we right. did provide advanced level uh, care. And so we did that up until last year. We purchased two ambulances and, and became a transport agency. Mm-hmm. The turnaround that, that your agency made, I know that there are a lot there are a lot of challenges that volunteer fire and rescue agencies face these days, whether it be you know getting volunteers or, or getting funding and things like that. So talk to me a little bit about kind of the challenges that, that Cascade was facing. And, and I mean, I know ultimately that led to a point of it was tough for you guys to respond to any of the calls that were coming in. Yeah. So one of the big challenges with volunteer agencies, uh, just to be honest with you, is leadership. It'll mm-hmm. help you or hurt you. We've had some good good leaders uh, at Cascade, but you know the other thing folks have to realize is we we are we're doing this like for me. I, I work a full time job. Right. You know, this is I just do this for fun, and it's it's a commitment. But I you know I have a family to support things take priority over fire and ems from time to, over the department from mm-hmm. time to time and if you're not careful it can get to where it's on the back burner and and you you know some some people go to the extreme some people make fi- the fire department their god and and they do it all the time and they they don't they stay away from their family and just do fire and ems and mm. that's harmful and then the other side is you strictly stay with your family and do you do your regular life and you put the fire department on the back burner and, and that's harmful for the fire department and that's kind of where we had gotten it was kind of apathetic leadership you know not deliberate but things had just gotten to where it wasn't being ran and mm-hmm. people people weren't running calls people weren't right. coming around weren't having meetings so long story short the board and some other uh, concerned members knew there was a need to to get the department up and running because it was at the verge of being shut down mm-hmm. I, mean, I would say i would say another six months or so it would probably have the door shut the, the cascade community was not being served well at all uh the trucks were just sitting in the building the, the batteries on the trucks were dead equipment was expired i mean mm-hmm. it, it was it was bad it was like a ghost town in there so um some concerned members and board of directors got together, saw the need to make some drastic changes. Um, 
myself and uh, you know, Matt Hunt is my assistant chief. We mm-hmm. we got together, met with some different folks, met with the department. We had a great turnout of people. I'd never even seen that many people in the building that showed up and, and voiced their um, support for us. Mm-hmm. So we did an election. We voted. We you know made everything official. We took over and we hit the ground running, man. I mean, we committed ourselves to running the calls, to to getting the training, to mm-hmm. the recruitment. And that's the biggest challenge for us because we're in a little tip of the county there right. where there's not a lot of EMTs that live in that area. Now, we'll say there's a lot of EMTs that are not far from us that aren't affiliated with any departments. Mm-hmm. And we would love to have them come run <laughs> run with us because mm-hmm. you don't have to be in the Cascade area to to be a member of us. And you can be a member of another agency and run with us. But, um, you know, we do what we said we we're going to do. We, we've we been running calls. We uh, Response times have been great. I mean... We started transporting in uh, July, I think it was July 1st, 2020. Mm-hmm. And if if somebody else told me this of another agency, I would probably call them a liar. But it happened to us. Um, we had like three CPR saves in like a three or four month period when we started transporting. I mean, that's wow. something that's mm-hmm. unheard of. I've been doing this stuff for 20 some years and you can about count on one hand how many saves you get. The statistics are significant, very low. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had three say when i say saves people come out of the hospital walked out of the hospital um healed of their whatever they went in there for mm-hmm. um so that was i mean just that alone was worth the steps we took to do what we did i mean three lives saved right, right. and then countless other ones have been helped or um had improvements of their quality of life because right. of our actions mm-hmm. yeah no and and i mean the the turnaround, as you just mentioned, you said, you know, it was, it was a ghost town. The, the equipment wasn't operating right. There, mm-hmm. there weren't people to respond to calls. And I know for, for EMS, you got, you all responded to 99% of calls in FY 2021. Yeah. So talk to me about what factors led to that, that drastic of a turnaround where you went from not being able to respond to hardly any calls for, for even fire to now adding EMS transport and, and being able to respond so well. I, th- I think it was one was just motivating people. I think people were 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 seeing and finally had a hit, got hit in the face with the fact that the department was going to be shut down, that it was not going to be in existence anymore, that other departments would be moving in the area to take over the calls. And, and I think they saw the enthusiasm from myself and Matt, my assistant chief, and, mm-hmm. and other officers and, and concerned members and saw the commitment that we had. And I think they stepped up to the plate. Now, we had, I mean, literally – less than 10 maybe on the roster when we took over. We bolstered a, a healthy 40-some members there mm-hmm. within just a few months. Now, did all of them stay? No. Did, uh, some are still on the roster, haven't produced much, but we're giving them the benefit of the doubt. They do come around some, but there were several times we'd have over 20 people at an incident. That's unheard of. We've just kept kept it up. Now it's it's slacked off, you know, a lot now. We're still covering the calls, but we don't have that enthusiasm we right. used to. I think mm-hmm. people again, it's it's easy for apathy to set in. You mm-hmm. know, you get busy doing other things, and it's the newness wears off. Right. I would love to see more people get training. That fell through. We had a lot of people jump into different training, like fire and EMS training, uh, EMT class, and things. Mm-hmm. We had some get get in the EMT class and. They're still testing uh, to pass that, and we every we had we had several members jump into the fire training, fire academy in Pennsylvania County. Every one of them. The thing that's hurt us a lot mm-hmm. is this COVID nineteen pandemic that really crushed us. I think a lot of departments felt a, a big impact on that financially. Mm-hmm. The calls, people running calls, people didn't you know people scared to come out and run because of they don't want to get infected. Right. And and do you all? 
pay volunteers at all? No, we're 100% volunteer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there there are some stipends that some departments will do stipends, and mm-hmm. we we're currently looking into the stipend thing. We do some stipends, but it's not pay. You know, it's uh, it, it it might give you some gas money or something. But right. we would love to be at the point where we could have paid staff, mm-hmm. like have some of our members. Yeah, the other thing that hurts volunteerism is we're not where we used to be where you could just leave work and run a call or Mm -hmm. just work one job and go home and that's it. A lot of our members work two and three jobs at a time. So Mm -hmm. if we could, if we had the funds to where we could pay some of our members to, to have their second job at our fire department, right. we could really improve a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know. I, I talked to Chatham Rescue Squad a few weeks ago, and that's what, I mean, they were at the point where they were responding to about 20% of their calls, and that's what they had to do was pay pay their members to be there. So, And we would love to do that. I would I would do that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But the problem is the money. Where am I going to get the money? In 2020, during the pandemic, we stepped out on faith, and, and we purchased two used ambulances, started a transport agency in the middle of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we did that on a first responder budget. And I mean, we scraped and begged and I mean, we couldn't do fundraisers because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, it hurt financially. It was financially was, uh, was rough last year for us. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I mean, you're talking about the, the finances. I know the, the board of supervisors has been very intentional about increasing funding for volunteer fire and rescue in our County across the board. Obviously, that's not going to fund an agency. What the level of funding that, that no. our board can can provide is not going to fund any agency at all. No, we started soft billing. Most I, I think probably most all the departments that do transport, EMS transport, do soft billing. It's helpful for a lot of departments. For us, it's not so much because we don't have a lot of people in our area that have insurance. I'll just be mm. honest with mm-hmm. you. So. Uh, we have a lot of Medicare, Medicaid patients. Right. For some of these Medicare calls, I don't care what you do, you can push every drug in the drug box. You're going to get a small reimbursement. That's it. If right. if that mm-hmm. that really has been disappointing for us as we've mm-hmm. done EMS is the the rate of recovery. I think they average uh, somewhere around the 20% recovery rate for EMS billing. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's that's horrible. Yeah. yeah no, and that's because obviously it's not like you guys are out to like make a huge profit or something. You no. want to cover your expenses so that you can continue providing that that same level of service. So yeah, if we got all of our recovered funds that we bill for, we might break even. We do fundraisers, but we're limited on what we can do first because of the pandemic and mm-hmm. restrictions. And then the other thing is just we're in Cascade. I mean, not, you know, we don't even have stoplights. We don't have, uh, you know, there's there's nothing in Cascade right. in case you hadn't been down there. We do have a post office. We do have our own zip code. So we're, <laughs> we're proud of that as well. That's awesome. I want to circle back to what you said earlier about that newness, you know, that everyone sort of gravitated to it and it, there was a lot of enthusiasm. And you mentioned that that's wearing off. So how do you maintain that same level of, I guess, service to the citizens and, and make sure that, you know, you don't you don't get back to that point again? Well, I guess you'd say the same small core of individuals who are running the calls continue to run the calls. Mm-hmm. They just have less, less help <clears throat> there on the scene helping out. But I mean, people know that our goal is still to run every single call. We still have our business meetings and trainings. We try to incorporate a lot of training and mm-hmm. things like that. Without paying people, it's it's hard at this point in time in the game because they know they can go to other departments, and a lot of departments are paying, mm-hmm. and 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 especially maybe better stipends and things like that. Mm-hmm. I tell you, it's a t- it's a tough time to to try to run a volunteer agency. Right. Um, I get word all the time of different volunteer fire and EMS departments just shutting the doors. They can't fund it, can't do anything. Right. Uh, the, the Board of Supervisors has been very supportive of us. Chris Slimp has helped us out a lot as the public safety director and mm-hmm. getting us some supplies that we needed. But we can't expect the Board of Supervisors of Pennsylvania County to 
fund a department fully and have it up and running and, right. and supporting itself. So that's why we have to, to bill. I would love to see the Board of Supervisors look at some, some avenue of funding us more for stipends so that we could help be more autonomous and, but getting money, that's. What you're saying about that idea, there are so many possible solutions where, you know, as, as you said, the board can't fully fund all of these departments, but I know the board is, is trying to think of, you know, how, how can we do this better? How can we better support agencies? I know, I know our chairman has talked about the idea of even, you know, that we wouldn't provide as much operating money, but would instead make all the capital purchases. And that's what, that's what the county would be in charge of, which would be significantly more money involved. So then an agency wouldn't be required to go fundraise and, and make stew to raise hundreds of thousands right. of dollars for a truck. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's all kinds of options that I know the board is looking at. And and as you mentioned, you know, even stipends with, you know, some agencies are doing stipends, as we talked about, you know, Chatham Rescue Squad, Gretna. They're, I know they're just paying people to paying, be there yeah. by the hour. Yeah. Uh, some some agencies, as uh, like you guys, and I think Ringgold as well, just aren't aren't don't really have pay right now and are still doing very well. I think it's interesting how all over um, the spectrum it is that there are, there are all kinds of different things going on. One one last thing I wanted to ask you though is you know as as someone who sort of led an agency from from the dumps from almost shutting down to now thriving, what would be your advice for an agency, whether it be in Pennsylvania County or or somewhere else that's in a similar state, you know that that's getting to the point where they don't know if they're going to be able to keep going? How how do you make that turnaround? What would be your advice? The biggest thing is taking care of your people you know, and being a good leader. Mm-hmm. We invest in our trucks, we invest in our buildings, we add on here and, and spruce up here and there. Um, but what do we do for our members? So that was one of the things that I mm-hmm. pushed hard when I come back in as chief is we need to invest in our people, you know, make sure we get uh, well, I remember right you guys here. had even done some some renovations in the building to make it more appealing to, yeah. to be there. So that was a, a dual uh, investment. So it was investing in the building, but yet more so it was investing in the members. So we spent thousands of dollars on our fireman's room mm-hmm. where the lounge where people just go in there and hang out. We put a nice big screen TV. We painted it. We, we did so much to invest in uh, people so they could enhance their skills so that right. they could be there when a call comes out. So uh, treat people with respect, treat people like family. And that's what we say at Cascade. We're, we're not a, we're not a department as much as we are at a family. We are a family. Right. <laughs> that's all the questions that I have. I mean, is there, is there anything else that you would want to add or think it's important that people know? Yeah, I would just say if you if you're not familiar with our department, come come look us up. We're on Facebook. We would love to show you around the building, show our, show show you our trucks and things. And you know, if you're interested in being a member, we'd love to have you. You do not have to live in the Cascade area. You probably don't even know where the Cascade Community Fire Department is. <laughs> we have various memberships that you can apply for. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. Well, really appreciate you being here. Thanks. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739.